Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, well, well. You're all looking good. Are you all feeling good? Wonderful. It is an absolute joy to be uh, with you this morning. And uh, thank you again for the introduction, Phil. I have no doubt there, there was never a time over the six weeks that we've been away that I had any doubts that this church uh, wasn't in good hands. Uh, I didn't lose any sleep at all uh, around, around that. And, uh, you know, I'll have a proper catch up with Phil and the team during the week, but uh, it's good to hear some good reports of what God is doing. And then, of course, as life uh, comes to us, there's also some challenges that people are facing as well. And uh, we felt that acutely as well when we was getting information because although Phil told me to stay out of things, it's very difficult for a man like me to stay out of things. So there was one or two bits of information that were coming through. And, um, you know, we need to just continue to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and also weep with those who are weeping. Amen. And may God continue to help us. So thanks again for, from Caroline and myself uh, and the kids for just the release to be able to go. And there'll be stories that will unravel. You don't want to hear all my stories today. I'm going to weave just a few illustrations into the message today because it's my joy to finish off the series. And I do want to just reiterate what Phil has said that... Uh, I've listened to the ministry and it was exceptional. Guys, well done. All of you who shared from this platform, I could hear some nerves at times coming through, but you got over those nerves within seconds and uh, you ministered and I felt ministered too. And so I'm just glad, we're glad that there's actually, God is doing something in more of our hearts and there's people who are rising and developing and growing. Amen. You're a bit quiet. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to draw it from you. So when I say amen, it's amen. Okay, all right. Okay. So we, we're going to, as I say, continue our, 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 our series. Uh, just as, a, as an aside note, I, I was just, I couldn't sleep this morning. I, I don't know whether it was I was nervous. I hadn't preached for a little while and I was just thinking, can I do this again? Or I think there was part of that. And then the second thing was, uh, I was just excited to be with you uh, this, this, this morning. So... I'm just going to pray, if that's okay. And uh, so I wonder if we just uh, close our eyes and just bow our heads. And we want to make much of Jesus this morning. And Jesus, we've, we've sung your name. Your name is powerful, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. For those who don't know you, don't know your name, I pray, Lord, that as a result of being in this gathering today, they would just be impacted by the wonder, the beauty the love of your name. Lord, for those who are suffering today, I pray, Lord, that you would draw close to them. And we want to make much of you. We want to make much of your name. So help us, we pray. Help me as I communicate just some simple truths that will just inspire us throughout the week and in the days ahead. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? I want to take you to Psalm chapter 18, if I may. Uh, numbers of people ministered out of their favorite psalm. I would be an impossibility for me because there are many psalms that have meant an awful lot to me over my 30 plus year of being a Christ follower. Um, but there's, there's, there's a psalm that has impacted me 
uh, on many, many occasions throughout the time, certainly as I've been in called ministry. We're all called to ministry, as, but as I've served in a senior leadership ca- capacity, Psalm 18 has been uh, a great help uh, to me on different occasions. Who, who knows Psalm chapter 18? Just give me a wave if you, if you, if you know of it. Great, there's a few of you. You know, there's, there's so many things that I could draw out from, from this psalm. So, for example, it's in this psalm that, you know, when we were thinking about planting into Mansfield, that, that it was one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about because he said, surely I have brought you into a spacious place. That's in Psalm and chapter 18. And you could say that's a great verse to preach from, but I'm not going to preach from that this morning. There's a verse in there that talks about, you, O Lord, uh, keep my lamp burning. And there's a sense in which there's oil that flows. And I remember preaching that back in the days of Milton Keynes when I was there. And, uh, but I'm not going to preach from that verse today either. He says in Psalm 18 that my, my arms, David says, my arms can bend a bow of bronze. And I'm looking around at some of you physical guys who are used to using your hands. I don't know why I keep doing this. Or that, but you know, you're... And it's a great verse to preach from. But I don't want to preach from that this morning. He also says, David says, with my God, I can, I can uh, go against a troop and I can scale a wall. Challenges that we're facing, David, David encourages us that whatever it is, we can overcome it. And you think, surely he's going to take it. No, I'm not going to take it from there. Then there's one final verse that has really impacted me. And Jonathan, I was talking to Jonathan about it. And he said he always remembers me talking about this with young guys and whatever. Because there's a, ver- there's a verse in, in there. You don't get it from the New International Version, but it's in one of the versions. David says about God, you stoop down... To make me great. What a beautiful verse. That God stoops down to make us great. And that would be a great verse to preach from. But I'm not going to preach from that one either. I'm just giving you some some verses. across. What I want to preach from is Psalm 18 and verse 30. Psalm 18 and verse 30. And as I preach... I want to weave just a couple of illustrations over the time that we've been away. But I just want to lay in this timeless principle, this simple truth this morning. Before we read the verse together, this was written by David. It was a worship song. Phil's been encouraged in our worship. It was a worship song that he penned and he was penning it because he was being pursued. He was in a lot of trouble. People were after him. The king was after him, King Saul. And he wasn't just after him to give him a bit of a slap around. He wanted to kill him. And he wrote this song. Anybody ever been pursued? Everybody, anybody here ever felt like, you know, there's been enemies who have been against you? Give me a wave if that's your case. If people feel like they've been trying to get them. It's not just paranoia. It's been, you know, living reality. This is what he felt like. And in the midst of this psalm, and he was a young man, this was before his indiscretions of committing adultery, murdering somebody, there was a purity to David at this point. Read it. It talks about how he was blameless, pure before God. That's why he was able to say, how can a young man keep his way pure? By hiding your word in my heart. You young guys at the back, listen to me. Every one of you. Yeah, I can see what you're up to. Okay. Phil mentioned it. 
You know, one of the things that we want to encourage young people to be is live pure. You don't have to faff around with girls and boys and sex and trying this and that and the other. You know, all, that, all those things come as you get married. And you enjoy the fulfilment of that in marriage. And David says, how can a young man keep his way pure? So I'm talking to you young guys. How can we keep pure? I remember meditating on this and remembering this. He says, by hiding your word in my heart. Can I encourage you to read your Bibles? Can I encourage you to get in your Bibles? And now for all the church, if you want to keep your way pure, because it's not just about young men, it's about older men, because there's all kinds of images that come to us. Hello, am I talking to anybody out there? How can we keep our way pure? By hiding your word in our hearts. But it says in Psalm 18, verse 30, this is the first. Let's put it on the screen. As for God, his way is perfect. He then goes on to say, the Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. And that is the complete verse. But I haven't got time to unpack the second and third part of the Lord's word is flawless and he shields all who take refuge in him. Just for this time, the truth that I want to apply to every one of us is this. As for God, his way is perfect. Just nudge your neighbor next to you. We'll keep it on the screen and just recite it to them. As for God, his way is perfect. Now, what does that mean? My endeavor over these 20 minutes that I've got with you will be to try and unpack you and help you to understand what that means. And I'll do it through a few illustrations and just laying some points out. But the first thing I want to say is, as for God, his way is perfect. That's great, because God has a way, but I also have a way. Anybody here like interruptions? No, I don't either. Anybody here get annoyed by delays? Anybody get really frustrated by chopping and changing? I can't be doing with chopping and changing all the time. And there I was last night trying to just figure out a meal. And, uh, you know, Caroline was saying, what are you going to have? And I was chopping and changing. It's not normally me. I normally make a decision. Are you all in the valley of indecision when you're having to make a, a, a meal choice? Or are you decisive? Who's decisive? Raise your hand. Who's indecisive? Okay, there's a lot more indecision in this room, Phil. I'm sorry. Well, normally I'm very decisive, but I was chopping and changing. I normally don't like that. Let me get back to the point. And it frustrates me. Interruptions, delays, chopping and changing frustrate me. Why? Because I like my way to be the way. Where I'm going, I'm... Go in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And don't all look like, oh, what's he on about? Because you're all like it. Aren't you? Just again, nudge your neighbour. You're all like it. We all like our way. The way that we do things. The way that we want things done. We like it our way. We all say, oh no, you're just being particular. No, we like our way. And we say, God, more of God in our way. But we like our way, don't we? <laughs> it's true. And I know what it's down to. It's a control thing. Because I like being in charge. Some of you like being in charge. That's why we've butted heads. 
And part of it is we want to know where we're going. And we know when we like something. And we have a particular way that we want to run with. This has been my challenge, our challenge with the children. Phil and Sharon gave us the most important, one of the most important pieces of advice they gave to us with kids. It says, you need to give your kids roots and wings. Roots so they're grounded and wings to fly. The roots has been quite easy for us because that's my father in heart, I have to say. Why, why I get feel so, because I just want to do this to you all. It's the father's heart. So I want to not control, as in control, I want to protect you. I want to keep you safe. When I hear that people are in trouble, I want to just do this. Keep everybody away from you. That's the shepherd's heart. And so you can imagine what it's like with my kids, Tim. I'm, I, I, I no problem roots. I'll give this one roots. She's my little baby. By the way, she is my daughter, okay? She's not just a random girl that I'm just throwing my arms around. Okay, I just want to qualify that. It's been the wings to fly. Because what that means is they're going to follow their way, not my way. And that's been challenging for us. Am I talking to anybody here today? I mean, there's a number of layers in this with raising kids and whatever. You've got to give them roots, but you've got to give them wings to fly. And some of that is they'll make decisions that you wouldn't make. They'll go places you wouldn't want to go. And we're learning that. But as for God, his way is perfect. So here is the truth that I want us to understand. Now, before I get there, I just want to show you one other verse. Because when I was thinking about this verse, I can't get away from it without thinking about Proverbs 16 and verse 9. This is what it says. In his heart, a man plans his course, but it's the Lord who determines his steps. So, Lindsay, you can have a plan for your life, but it's ultimately the Lord who will determine your steps. Gordon, you may have a plan for your life, but it's the Lord who will determine your steps. Let me just say it another way. It says we can make our own plans, but the Lord decides where we will go. You see, you can make all the plans you want, but ultimately it's the Lord who will intervene and bring his way into your life. Can I get a big strong amen? It's true. Because as for God, his way is perfect. Well, this all sounds great. But this is my dilemma and my tension that I continue to have and have even been reflecting over the summer because I knew I was going to be preaching this message very early on in our study leave. So this has been resonating. This has been cooking. Oh, this has been on slow burn. I'm telling you. It's nicely roasted, okay? Because this is the question the Lord kept asking me about this when I kept going back to these verses. Christian, who's leading who? Who's leading who? In your relationship with the Lord, who's leading? Who's leading? Because he wanted to say to me, as for God, my way is perfect over your life. 
but so often I've come across, and I've been, I've, been, I've been guilty of it, and I've come across lots and lots of Christians who've been seriously guilty of it, that they've been leading. And they want Jesus to follow. So I'm going to make this decision, and then Jesus, you'll follow up. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. As for God, his way is perfect. It's perfect. So here's three particular things that I want us to understand. The first thing I want to say is this. Divine interruptions, and I've talked about this before. Divine interruptions, divine appointments are in your future. They are in your future. Divine interruptions and divine appointments are in your future. You say, I don't like interruptions. I don't like interruptions. But God brings divine interruptions into our lives. Why? Because as for God, I'm going to keep saying it now because I've got nothing else to say. I want you to understand it. As for God, His way is perfect. You may have a course that you're setting, but God knows best and His way is perfect. That means sometimes just as He will have to come in and divinely interrupt and bring an appointment over your life, and they are in your future. They are in your future. It's interesting, before we went away, there was a couple of people, separately, gave us a word. They just said, I just feel like this is what might be what happens whilst you're away. God's, it's not just the appointments that you've made, but it's actually the appointments that you haven't made, but God's made them. You're going to come into contact with people that, you didn't expect and God's going to open up some doors and it's going to be quite interesting. So, you know, when one person says, you think that's great. When another person says the same thing, you think, okay, I think God might be wanting to say something to us around this. And it happened to be so true because that's exactly what happened whilst we're away. There was times when we were divinely interrupted. There was divine appointments. And there are divine interruptions and divine appointments that are in your future. Over the years, I've met people. I've started businesses that I'd never even thought about. I've bought houses and properties. We've taken hold of opportunities. We've had location moves, new jobs, changes. Why? Often through divine appointments. Divine intro. When we least expected it and when we least wanted it, God steps in and says, As for God, my way is perfect. You may have planned your course, but I am determining your steps. I will choose where I want you to go. And this is a principle we need to understand in our lives. Whilst we're away, we'd organized churches to see which was fantastic and some I was really looking forward to because I knew of them but we'd also set up something for the children as you know we took the three kids with us we didn't take the fourth one because Jonathan stole her and married her but uh, and I'm just getting my own back on the pants comment um, Jonathan for those who weren't here you need to listen to last week's comment <clears throat> see I'll always get you back okay We set up something for the children, so uh, we went. Part of the trip was we went to a place called Waco that was renowned for many different reasons 20 years ago, but great city in many ways. And we wanted to go there because 
there's a, there's a big interior design studio and all kinds of things are there. And they're a Christian couple that have built this business. And Eleanor's really into that stuff, so she wanted to go and see that. So we'd set that up. We'd also set something up because Lilia is into hair and nails and beauty. And so I'd said while we was in Birmingham, okay, as they like to say, we said to our host who'd put the itinerary together, could you go and take us to a really nice establishment? I'd like to pay for all the girls to go and have the nails done. You see, I am a big spender. Okay. Uh, I thought, I'm going to get brownie points for this, Chris. I thought this is... Anyway, so they all went and had the nails done and Lily was able to see outstanding service. But as you know, Isaac's into basketball. And uh, we was in Waco and there's a, you may not know this, but there's a very large Christian university, really is a fabulous Christian university called Baylor, Baylor University, right in the heart of Waco. And they have a great basketball program. And we could have no, we asked if there was a contact there and the host who was setting it up, it's opened up wonderful things. He says, I have no contacts in Waco, so unfortunately I can't do it. Divine interruptions, divine appointments. We're in a coffee shop, creamery, ice cream place. They all loved the English accent. Caroline got talking. She mentioned that I was a pastor talking to this guy called Josh Ward and his wife with a little baby. Caroline was fussing over the baby. We then start talking. We then start saying, yeah, about Baylor. He said, oh, I work at Baylor. Okay. What department are you in? Well, I mean, technology and science, nothing to do with it. All right. I said, we just, we're in You know Baylor? Oh, yeah, yeah, we know Baylor because of basketball. Isaac's really into basketball, just starts to talk a little bit about basketball. I said, yeah, in fact, and then I was bold. I said, in fact, we were trying to just figure out if there was any way we could see the basketball program, but we couldn't get any contact. I said, stop. I can help you with this. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. I do all the technical stuff for all the scoring. I'm the fourth, I'm the fourth official. They owe me a favour. Leave it with me. Give me your email address. I'll contact you tomorrow. That night, we had an email. Four o'clock, basketball programme. But they don't just stop there. You go in because he says, I don't know how much access I can get. Because, of course, it's all fingerprints. It's like going into a premiership football club. The stadium's 15,000 seaters and unbelievable. They're treated like professionals. So you have to get into finger, uh, fingerprint passes. So we didn't have that. Who do we bump into? The assistant coach. He likes the accent. He lets us... He opens up the door. Isaac's meeting with the coaches. You can't go on the practice court. Oh, no, get the ball. Didn't he said, just get a ball, let him go and practice. There he is, practicing with, the, with these semi-pros. Divine interruptions. Divine appointments. Listen to me. Listen to me. They're not just in my future. They're in your future. Divine interruptions. Divine appointments. I could have easily said, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm in an ice cream place. I've had enough. We've had a full day. But no, we had a chat with this guy. We were baking heart, even in an ice cream place. And this is how God works. Over the time that we was away, saw four churches. All I will say is there's one church that I knew very little about and yet what, that was the church that was divine. It was a divine interruption. It was a divine appointment. This church that nobody's ever heard of in 17 years, 17, campus, 17 campuses, 30,000 people in Arkansas. 
Nobody's ever heard of it. Unbelievable, we just had spent probably, combined probably three, four, five hours with the pastor. It was a divine interruption. It was a divine appointment that was in our future. And we didn't even know it. But God says, as for me, my ways are perfect. It was interesting as well that along the journey of these divine interruptions and appointments that are in your future, they're not just serious stuff at times like meeting church leaders or for in Isaac's case, going to a basketball. They can just be fun things. We're walking down a strip. Anybody ever been to Nashville? Nobody ever. You must go to Nashville. There's the honky-tonk strip where they're playing the music, all the session musicians, all the bars. And before six, you can still go in with the kids. It was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. And we were visiting my cousin who lives there with his wife. They've just relocated there. It was just brilliant. And in these divine interruptions and divine appointments, I just understand there's a principle as well. You've got to, at times, seize the moment. You've got to seize that moment, you've got to seize that interruption, and you've got to enjoy the moment of what God has presented for your life. Over the trip, we wanted it to be life-giving, it truly was. We hear about a breath of fresh air, it was, and that's what we want our lives to be. But while we was on Nashville Honky Tonk, I wanted to seize the moment. It was a divine interruption that Caroline was saying, no. Eleanor was saying, no. But I said, yes. If you want, go on, I'll give everybody a picture. Come on. <laughs> Should I take it off now? Okay. They would say, no chance. I, want, I just said, I want this to be a divine interruption in church and a divine appointment that I have with this cowboy hat. What I'm basically doing, I just wanted to bring something back that was real fun. Is that okay? So if it's your first time here, please don't get offended with it. It was just something that I wanted to get. It cost me a few dollars, actually. Some of these were hundreds of dollars. This one wasn't, by the way. And the guy in the... I, just, I know time against the clock, but... You know, the, the guy in the shop, he, he was a brilliant seller because I was trying to win. He says, oh, sir. <laughs> that so suits you. He was, he was really... And I went, really? Oh, just, and they were all laughing and saying he was just doing a sales job. I says, no, he wasn't. I'm out of the shop. I said, no, he wasn't. Look at this hat. I mean, I just looked brilliant in it. <laughs> Secondly, God's way is perfect with divine interruptions. Secondly, if we're going to allow God to do his work, we have to let go. We have to let go. This is one of the hardest parts in letting God's ways incorporate into our lives because we have to let go. This is the hardest part because this is where we have to trust. This is where we have to believe. You may say, what do you mean? Well, do I actually believe God? And do I actually believe his ways for my life are perfect? I find this the most difficult because for me, this is where I've had to relinquish control. And so you're not just my saviour, 
but you're also my Lord. I'll say that again. You're not just my saviour, but you're actually my Lord. And there's such freedom that comes when you come to that place of knowing him, not just as saviour, but as Lord, because then you understand that actually it's his ways that are going to be outworked in my life. It takes away all the strain, all the striving, all the pushing, all the shoving that all of us fall into the trap of. But it's at this point of letting go. I have to understand that God opens doors and also God shuts doors. And God's way is being outworked. But oftentimes because of our pushing, because of our shoving, because of our stubbornness, we miss what God is doing. Because we won't relinquish control. We won't have faith in God. What I realized whilst I was away is oftentimes I can have faith for others, but can I have faith for what God is wanting to do in my life? You may say that's strange. It was Caroline who challenged me because we had a challenge coming back into the UK. I think the Americans wanted to keep us a little bit longer. Seriously, we had real challenge getting out of, the, of America. And back here, delays and all kinds of things. And it was Caroline who said to me, because we had all the seats planned, we had all the, everything was sorted and everything was changed. Even the airport was flying from, we had to fly into two airports to get back and stay overnight and all the rest of it. And she just said to me in the midst of it, because I was getting really ticked off now. Let me go back to the original. Who likes interruptions? Who likes delays? Who likes changes and chopping and changing? Well, this is all that we had and I was really frustrated. And she just said to me in the middle of Atlanta airport, she says, are we going to have faith in this situation? that God's just going to take care of it all like he had done before. And here's me, fathering kicked in, dad dad kicked in, husband kicked in, get get the guys to me, I'll sort this out. Oh, I was going to sort them out, I want to tell you. I was really going to sort it out. We just trust God. But to do that, you have to let go. Because his ways are perfect for our lives. I want to say this, I haven't got time to open it up, because I'm needing to let go. He's placing stuff in our hearts for the next phase of church life. And the next stuff, the big stuff will happen as your pastor lets go and lets God. So we need to just let go and let God do what he wants to do lastly and in conclusion as for God his ways are perfect what do we need to learn well there are divine interruptions there are divine appointments and they're in your future we've got to learn to let go but we've also got to understand that when bad stuff happens we've got to learn and we've got to fight Hear what I said there, when bad stuff happens. I didn't say if bad stuff happens. When bad stuff happens. It was a revelation that came to me. I don't, Caroline, I don't really remember saying this, but she said, because we're working a lot of things out, she says, I like everything orderly. I know you might not think, I like everything just to be orderly and just, I am very spontaneous, but I just like to know where, where I'm going and, what, and what, I'm, what I'm doing. And if something gets in the way, it irritates the heck out of me. 
And it's almost like it's a disruption and then that agitates me. And, you know, and she just said, Christian, you've got to understand that, you know, this stuff happens to all of us. Bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. Just touch your neighbor really quickly and just say, bad stuff happens. It just does. It does and it will. Now you may say, that's not very faith-filled. I just want to tell you, that's, why is that? Because that's life. That's life. Things happen. We don't go looking for it. We don't go confessing it. But things happen. But here's the question that I've been having to ask myself. When bad stuff happens, there's the question. Father, God, what are you wanting to show me? Father, God, what are you wanting to teach me? Father, God, where do I need to get stronger? Are you hearing this? It's a dead practical stuff. Father, God, in this bad stuff that's happening, what do I need to contend for? What do I need to fight for? Because when bad stuff happens, we don't always just have to roll over. Sometimes this is a a journey that we've got to contend. Am I talking to anybody here today? This is a time where you know it's not you've got to be passive. You've got to be active. You've got to press in. You've got to take hold of in that moment when bad stuff happens, when that prognosis comes. When that breakdown comes, when that financial crisis comes, what are we going to do? God, what are you wanting to teach me? What are you wanting to show me? Where do I need to get stronger? What do I need to contend for? What do I need to fight for? Going back to the delay. We were offered a hotel room. Wonderful. Queue a mile long. Second from the desk. Just there, we've been waiting, I'm not exaggerating, an hour and a half in the hotel lobby. I think, great, it's about half past one by this time in the morning. We've been travelling, felt like 24 hours. It was dreadful. We're there. The guy comes to the front desk. It's not his fault. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I'm ever so sorry. He didn't talk like that, because I'm going to still go with it, because it's making you laugh. I'm ever so sorry, but we've got no more rooms left. So I'm going to call my partner hotel, and if he has some rooms, we'll sort you out. Otherwise, you need to go back to the airport. Do you want to know what my response was? This English voice. That is not happening, pal. wasn't it I said that is not happening I didn't get aggressive I didn't push my chest out I didn't know I didn't I just said that is not happening says you will find his rooms you will get it sorted my 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 point is this sometimes you've got to contend and fight 
Seriously, it was, just came to me. While I was on the path. I thought, no, no. And, and, and as a result of that, he was like, okay, went over, got a hotel room. I won't then go into stepping into my wife, what she then did, because it then went worse. People were trying to rush ahead of us, and she said, get behind the queue. She was really, uh, this, this, this quiet... She were brilliant. I just, I just stood back. Okay. As I close, I need to close. Listen to me, let's not lose the point of this. As for God, his ways are, his ways are perfect. They're perfect for your life. He has a plan for your life. A perfect plan for your life. He does. I don't care if you're 70, 80, 13, 52, whatever age. He has a plan for your life. While there's still breath in you, there's still hope in you. And God has a plan for your life. And divine interruptions and appointments are in your future. We've got to learn to let go and let God do what only he can do. And when bad stuff happens, we've got to learn. And sometimes, we've got to fight. That sickness, that difficulty, that family pressure, that challenge. As for God, his ways are perfect. May God help us to really take this truth into our hearts. Let's bow our heads.